since I last saw you. I lost my hammer, like yesterday, so that's still pretty fresh. And then I went on a journey of self-discovery. Where I met you. Watching podcast. My name's Rob Howard, and this week I'm joined by Marcus Hurley, Thor Ragnarok, the latest Marvel movie. We both saw this <laughs> last week. We did. We both enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I, I I found it very enjoyable. Um, it's it's I think it's probably the best one of the Thor movies, in my opinion. I think like the first one was quite good. It definitely had that whole kind of man out of time vibe. Uh, but the second one I thought was a little bit um lame it it sort of felt like a bit of a um doctor who episode and uh i thought it had i don't know i think this one benefited from not being set on earth really at all yeah, very much I, I i think so i think although i mean i mentioned this at the time and i don't think it was meant to come across as anything bad per se but i think that um and we'll go into it later but I think as a summary for me, the third Thor movie, great Marvel movie, great Thor movie, but a piss poor sequel to the trilogy, or an end to the trilogy. Simply right, because of okay. simply because of the weight of, if you the film the film seems a little schizophrenic for me. Um, you can obviously see the bits that Marvel wanted to happen, like the continuation of the storyline. Um, are we dropping spoilers? I'm not sure. Um, uh, well, we can keep it sort of spoiler free. We'll keep first, it spoiler but then, free. But, but the uh, element. I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I don't know. I was saying the elements that continue the storyline that follow directly from the Dark World um, are kind of dealt with pretty swiftly um, and just sort of brushed out of the way. And the things that happen in relation to Age of Ultron. Um, are also kind of dealt with and they seem like half the film but the other half is this fantastic crazy journey 
where four goes from the i am mighty sort of character almost a cliche to the bumbling sort of almost a parody of himself which i think is great because of his time spent with the avengers you know he's learned to lighten up and almost become quite a goofball um and i I I didn't think about it that way i I didn't think about that that way the way that like the avengers might have rubbed off on him a bit yeah well, that's the thing. I I I, I found it like okay because the first one he arrives and he's this very sort of stiff-necked. I'm a mighty warrior. Everyone must, you know. I drink ale and smash glasses. <laughs> um, and then by the time he's met Tony Stark and everyone else, you know, it's bound to have an effect on him. He's basically lived amongst Earth's mightiest, kookiest heroes. <laughs> So yeah. by the time we see him again, he's a bit like, yeah, he's still got the serious whatever, but he's more chilled and he's more chilled towards his brother, you know, like, I know you, I know you're a trickster, whatever. Um, no spoilers, but huh. he, he just seems like a slightly more rounded character. But that being said, I've, I've, I walked away from the cinema wondering whether Marvel did this in direct response to the way that the second film was received. Yeah, I think they've just kind of leaned into the uh, the, the most successful elements of those films, yeah. which has been the humour, which has been Chris Hemsworth's really good comic timing. You know, yeah. like, he can't just be good-looking and, like, an amazing actor and really rich. He has to be funny as well, damn it. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I know, but, um, it's sickening. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, uh, but I, I, I thought it was really weird because I thought that the, the parts that took place elsewhere were great. The comic timing, the director coming in and all that. I thought they were fantastic, but I, can't, I couldn't help but think that it was a little bit of Marvel knowing that the director had this humour style that fitted in with the human style they already had for Guardians, which banked a lot of money, because it's all about money with Marvel and Disney. Um, and they knew that it would be a good fit. Yeah, I so mean, rather this is than the thing. Because that's the thing, I, I, I thought the director's done some great stuff. I I didn't realise it was that guy until he started speaking as the character. I went, oh shit, it's him. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I just wonder whether... It's whilst it seems like he's been given free reign to do his own quirky version of it, um, I wonder whether it was a not quite as much of a gamble as everyone thought, because Marvel kind of looked at him and thought, well, the humour placement and everything else is very similar to Guardians, which we know did well. So it's almost like, and it fits in with the Marvel style of film, which is high comedy, great one-liners, um, almost self parodying of characters you know when he's there's a it's not a spoiler but there's a scene where he's trying to get into a computer system and he, he's trying to find out his password and he goes mightiest avenger and it's like welcome tony stark <laughs> and stuff like that. yeah yeah um <laughs> so this little thing there's some great lines in it and there's some really quirky characters and the soundtrack is really fun it does in keeping with the um the trailer um but i i just yeah, i, just I found, love the lead I love the Led Zeppelin uh, oh, when God. he's... that was amazing. Although I caught a thing, I, I do think the second usage of it lost a bit of something. If a second if a second track was used, I would have enjoyed it a bit more. Um, it's like his theme tune. It's like yeah. his, you know, it's his signature theme <laughs> throughout the movie, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it is. Uh, that opening scene was amazing, though. Just amazing. 
But I, I, yeah, that's I, the thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Do you want to chime in? Because I feel like I've been talking for ages now. But it's all right. <laughs> uh, no. Um, no. I sort of wonder whether this is like the the turning point because um, I I feel for a long time that um, Marvel have been leveraging their IPs to make successful four quadrant movies you know that appeal to everyone that's been their mandate you know um i don't know if it's since the disney acquisition but they very much i think i think the Mm. difference is you know you can moan at dc as much as you like for like the dark tone and you know although that might be changing soon in justice league um but the thing is i feel like i feel like they they, they're not so bothered i i don't want to say they're more bothered about honoring the character because I don't feel they've done that, but but it, it like in, with the Chris Nolan films, you know, they it felt like um it felt like they were they were honouring that uh, superhero at the yeah. expense sometimes of it being an amazing film. Although the Dark Knight, I suppose, was was pretty good, um, pr- amazing in fact. Um, but I I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think I'm trying to say well, that that's the thing. There's, I, there's, an, there's a there's a there's a genre called dark comedy, which I think DC could tap into. Where even though the situation is dire, they could still get a few lines out that would be humorous, and I think that's what the Nolan trilogy do. Um, the situation is often quite grim, and it's a very gritty and, well, no pun intended, dark version of the Dark Knight's world. But with things yeah. like Michael Caine, I mean, there's one scene that always sticks with me is when after it's in the second film, and they're basically going up on the lift from the underground thingy, and then he goes, "Oh, if they come for me." I'm going to tell them it's all your idea. <laughs> and there's lots of little quips in there. And it's like the bit where Bruce Wayne takes out the van where the policeman's about to shoot the other person. He goes, oh, I was just trying to beat the lights, <laughs> you know, in his Lamborghini. And there's, there's little things. And that's, that's, I think they did very well in that to have dark humor, yeah. which worked very well. I think what's what's breaking my analogy is that I'm using the Nolan films, which were very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think I think the reason I didn't like Batman versus Superman was because, first and foremost, as a film, it, I don't think it was a good film. Hmm. But I, but I I did think that they they did Batman a certain amount of justice and also Wonder Woman, you know. But I think you know you've got you you have uh, I've got friends of mine who like really are fans of the DC movies yeah but they're even though they're not very good films because I feel like you can be a fan of the subject matter more than yeah. you are a, fa- a fan of of cinema you know um and, and and I feel like um the Marvel films have always placed more of an emphasis on cinema than they have maybe the fan service yeah. do you know what's um, happened what? We've entered a weird existence in which the films have literally mirrored comics. Because if you well, think of the genre of how comics are written, you'll always get some people that will be big fans of them and some people that won't be. And no matter how many genres they might seem alike, there'll be some titles that some people will always gravitate towards and some they won't. And I think well, Marvel... You've got, yeah, go on, sorry. You've got, um, you've got like... Uh, the the genre has reached a level of maturity that hmm. um, you can take. You have different people's interpretation in the same way that you have yeah. different writers on the comics. You know their version of this, their run on that. You know, so you'll always refer to yeah, hmm. Nolan's run on Batman hmm. being three massive movies. You know, um, yeah. but now and now we're in the Snyder era, um, maybe approaching the Joss Whedon era. Um, but in those days, you know, there's a lot more moving parts now because you yeah. have the different actors playing them. The thing that so astounds me, and 
I thought that the uh, the connections um, to the MCU in Thor Ragnarok were okay. They weren't quite as serious, but there were some developments in the final act that have some serious ramifications, yeah. I think, going forwards. Um, but yeah, we can get we can get a bit more spoilery now if you like. Um, well, should we give an alert to the listener? This is the spoiler section. Yeah. So <laughs> if you don't like the uh, spoiler if, section. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> go and watch the movie and then come back. yeah um but yeah like we both liked it i i i I was surprised how much of an out and out comedy it was uh i couldn't believe some some of the sections were like uh even completely improv i think all of jeff goldblum's stuff uh was pretty much the director saying say this now say this or say what you like (laughs) it was a bit weird i I was worried it was gonna go a bit too screwball um, you know where some comedies feel as though they're trying a bit too hard. I yeah. I was a little worried. Sometimes it was a bit. I thought some there were one or two scenes that I, I I found it harder to digest. I enjoyed it, but I feel as though they were a little bit longer. But that was because of the improv style of it. Um, yeah, and there I still a found myself like... going and going, yeah, okay, that's cool. But but that might be because I always saw the four films as slightly different to the rest because the first one was you know, Kenneth Branagh and it was just going off the back of the last film massive implications you know um Odin's being put out somewhere Loki's taken over the throne and pretending to be Odin and it's like holy shit what the hell is going to happen next um yeah. and it left on such a dark tone it was basically kind of almost like the empire strikes back ending for the four trilogy in the but, dark world the second yeah, one in the dark mean. world the end of the dark world yeah. which is why i was a little taken aback that this was quite so nuts if it was another four film and the ending wasn't quite so leading into that that's why i think i was taken aback a bit more because i'd seen that film a few times um right so i i had it a bit more fresh in my memory yeah, I but saw it last year when I did my big marathon thing. Yeah, or w- yeah. was that last year Civil War? I think so. Uh, probably, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Actually, I think yeah. But um, that's why I kind of that was the only issue I had with it, um, and it wasn't really much of an issue because I walked away really enjoying that film. Um, I just thought that the bits that were so impactful, like um, half of the film, <laughs> um, and everything else, just seemed a completely different beat to the more upbeat sort of crazy style thing but then that might just be the marvel way and it got me thinking about how civil how i'm um, not civil war infinity war is going to be because initially i was thinking holy shit they're doing the lead up to infinity war which is this really big dark horrible big bad and they're gonna have to take him out but it seems like all the films are moving towards the marvel as you say four quadrant comedy and I don't know how Infinity War is going to sit with that. Because Fan- I don't see Thanos as a wisecracking sort of villain. I see him more as a almost Megatron. His quips would be very punctuated by acts of brutality and, you know, um, almost that sort of thing. I, I yeah, see him we- as a sort of Megatron of the Marvel series. <laughs> yeah, well, we've only seen him in a few sort of like um, outtakes and like after yeah. credits stuff. But um, I don't know. He seemed like he had kind of a swagger the last time I we know, saw him. I yeah. think it was at the end of Guardians Two, was it? I think I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, which leads directly into uh, <laughs> Ragnarok, doesn't it? 
um when he quote he, he delivers the illustrious quote fine i'll do it myself <laughs> yeah well we have a little yeah and we're in spoilers now so yeah when, when um yeah. when she goes oh fake to the infinity gauntlet in that little yeah off remark in fact um kate blanchett who plays uh she's like the angel of death isn't she hella uh kate blanchett yeah yeah hella, the well they're, they're saying death, that yeah. i have read the infinity war comic and i do know that um thanos is uh in love with uh the angel of death or lady death or something and i've, I've a lot of people are saying that it's probably going to be kate blanchett who he's wooing in the next one they're going to con- like um you know like they're gonna yeah just mer- mash that together see that would be interesting because that's death was always a separate character i don't know whether because she says she's the goddess of death i didn't know whether yeah. they were the same character but it might because it's the mcu it's the marvel cinematic universe they might just make the two characters one in the same yeah well it's rather than them spending time introducing someone else yeah exactly why, why bother with that when they've got Kate blanchett being yeah. awesome i thought she was really good in this role actually yeah I thought, thought she, she thought yeah. she uh chewed the scenery suitably well <laughs> massively <laughs> yeah she was almost a female negan at some points but <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and she well i don't know i mean i'm sure like she had a bit of help with some of those stunts but it hmm. she pulled it off pretty well i thought i you know had the desired effect yeah um yeah uh so yeah other spoilery thing so yeah the fact that the way they deal with the whole loki thing um in that he's got this little play arranged um <laughs> and uh you totally missed that uh matt damon was playing the uh I know. the stage version of loki <laughs> I, was, I was thinking i was screaming at myself internally i know that face i know yeah. that face <laughs> he's normally not got long hair and stuff yeah <laughs> and wearing that. green Damon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I still think they missed the trick by not playing Ben Affleck as four. <laughs> well, that I was thinking that hilarious. Or, yeah, that or Jimmy Kimmel because oh, they God, have yeah. a kind of uh, yeah. bit of a thing going on. Um, yeah, uh, and yeah, so and then we Sam Neil was also popped up in that, hmm. and a, a few other sort of mainstays of other Taika Waititi um, films. Uh, like his assistant Rachel House, uh, sorry okay. Jeff Goldblum's like henchwoman uh, Rachel House. She's in Hunt for the Wilder People, and also yeah, Taika Waititi himself plays Korg. And I noticed that Korg is actually a character from the Planet Hulk storyline. Yeah. So uh, apparently they're going to be threading elements of that through like uh, Infinity War yeah. and. Uh, a f- another future film. Well, he, uh, he did say he'd been, like I said, for another spoiler, he did say he'd been the Hulk for like four years or something, hadn't he? Which was insane. Um, well, yeah, yeah, because I, I don't know, that the MCU timeline is a little bit weird, but uh, yeah, I guess that it's four years since Age of Ultron, which is scary. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least on this timeline. But um, yeah, what, what else was there? Oh yeah, so uh, the other big surprise for me uh was uh the inclusion of dr strange oh yes that was amazing Which, um the moment i, I saw really enjoyed the little, that the, oh god sorry geeking out of it that, the moment right? i saw that little sparkling circle i literally was like <laughs> fidgeting in i was seat. like yeah i saw that and i was like is it then i saw the address on the road and i was like is it 
because it's <laughs> I couldn't remember the actual address, but it was a bit Sherlocky, mm. like, and I know that's kind of why he got yeah. cast for the role. Um, but yeah, I, no, I it was think, great. I think he's such a great choice for that character. It yeah, did the whole... throw me hearing him talk American again because I'd forgotten. <laughs> so it's like you're kind of used to his Sherlock drawl or the um, Khan Noonien Singh one, which is pretty similar. Um, yeah. But just hearing his sort of almost Boston-esque accent, sort of a la house. And I was just like, wow. He looks... He's <laughs> become Doctor Strange. Because, you know, at the end of the first film, you're like, yes, he's Doctor Strange, but he's very much the newbie graduating by the end of the film. In this one, yeah. he's fully-fledged mystic warrior. <laughs> Yeah, well, I feel, I feel like it's necessary. If he's going to be a reasonably big part of Infinity War, then hmm. they kind of have to show him mid-stride, as it were, if he's going to come yeah. in and be like a bit of an expert. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good. And, and, you know, we haven't got time. There's not another strange film before that. No. So it's kind of had to be done. And I really thought it was cool that they held that back because... You know, I, I was almost annoyed that I knew that Hulk was going to show up, like because they keep yeah. referring to the champion and stuff. Um, that yeah. would have been so great if you'd seen that in the cinema and didn't know about it. But yeah. I feel like they had to do that for the publicity, and so this Doctor Strange thing was almost like an apology f- to for that mm. in a way, because uh, you still got that kind of feeling. And I don't think there's been another uh, cameo in 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 a Marvel movie quite on that level, really, because. Like someone who got their own film showing up without you realising. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. And it was so much. It wasn't just like a little part either. It was, it was the a whole, whole Earth se- section. It was part much. of the plot section to get him to Odin. It was yeah. It was a, part, a massive part of the plot. And also it was quite funny because then Thor's like, what, Earth has warlocks now? <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 um, and I loved Loki's line where he goes, oh, and your brother. And he goes, I have been falling for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. like, it was brilliant. Um, well, he kind of deserves it. Lots of references to Loki being smacked around as well, which was yeah. quite funny. Oh, God, that was so funny. <laughs> See how it feels? That's how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Oh man. Um there was one thing that I found quite cool about the whole Doctor Strange cameo. The yeah. Infinity Eye. Oh, the right, Eye of Agamotto wasn't around his neck. Oh because they right. would have made they would have made a point of that when he was silhouetted. Um it wasn't around his neck. So he his powers were up to speed and he was still researching bits, you know. Um but I just found that he'd... You know, I thought it was great that he'd become a character in his own right. Without that, it wasn't like he was Doctor Strange because he was smart enough to be able to use this Infinity Stone. Um, spoilers if you haven't seen Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. To kind of boost his powers. So it seems like his power is strong enough without that. Yeah, no, no, he's, he's cool. And, and he, you know, he just did his bit and then he was off and the film carried on. But... Um, mm. No, it was pretty cool. I'm just trying to think of uh, just some of the main beats, really. I mean, I thought well, all the action was pretty, pretty well, damn I solid. The whole um, sort of the population being safeguarded by is it Helmdahl? Oh, Helmdahl, yeah. Helmdahl, Helmdahl. yeah. I, I'm sorry, I love that look. It was amazing, sort of like Forest Ranger Helmdahl look. 
Oh, it was good that he got something else to do other than just just sit there and wait for them to come and go. (laughs) He looked so cool. (laughs) Yeah, with the gold contacts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's badass, Um, man. Absolutely. There was that. I mean, the fact that um, Helga... Helga? Helda? um, Hela. She took took out all of Osgard, pretty much. Um, yeah that's a that's a big thing i suppose you know but then, yeah by the time you reach the end of the film you realize it doesn't matter <laughs> that she took out all of the guards because i was thinking god how are they gonna fight her there are no guards left there's no yeah. like cannon fodder for them to like take an extra hit whilst the main character is not going to take that hit and be able to make like the strike they need to because you start anticipating how like the battle would go but you kind of think everybody's dead and was that Carl Urban as the executioner? Yeah, yeah, Scourge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, another uh. kind of, I don't know, I felt like he got quite a lot of screen time, but not, not like a lot of lines. And no. I don't know, it, it, he seemed a little bit extraneous, really. I think, I think they he, just... he was, he was the villain redemption sort of thing because she sure as hell wasn't going to do it. So that's, there's always got to be a, there's always got to be a character that learns a lesson. I think in yeah. a Marvel thing that seems to be that seems to be the thing, and there weren't any characters that would do that in the film, apart from maybe Loki, and Thor. Yeah, they I kind thought, of uh, they they learn to reconcile and well not reconcile but accept. Yeah, it's like they yeah they have to uh, cooperate. Hmm. I thought uh, Ray Stevenson uh, Volstag he was kind of offed pretty unceremoniously. Yeah, bloody shame. hell! After all that. Yeah, um, I know he was quite quite a big part of the uh, of the other two. That's why I was uh, a little bit pissed. I think that's why my face was pulling the weird face as we left the cinema. I didn't quite know how to feel. I felt thoroughly entertained, but I felt like a lot of the law got lobotomized, <laughs> um, quite unsurgically, just like taking a sledgehammer to someone's head. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just seeing here, uh, Luke Hemsworth was playing the uh, actor Thor. With uh, oh, wow. Matt Matt Damon, so that's his so brother. So it was his brother. Oh wow! Cool. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, awesome. That's amazing. Sorry, no, no, no. That's I love. I love trivia bits like that. That's really quite fun. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I just think that the end. Oh god, and the whole way that they managed to do Ragnarok, sort of like fulfilled a legendary prophecy, but in the kind of fitting sci-fi. Um, sort of, well, you know, four way of mixing magic and law together and science, um, and it was just what do, I don't. What What do you what What was the Ragnarok then? Just the the uh, what the the destruction of Asgard? Well, yeah, it was basically the it was literally the um the giant fire lord Surtur rises and takes everyone out and four yeah, yeah. and um funny enough the giant serpent that four was fighting. I was I was giggling because he was that was on the cover of one of um cover of a metal album by Amano Math where you got four holding this tongue of a serpent dragon and he's about to strike it with a hammer. So I was just like giggling like an idiot when that screen turned up and I was like, Wow. Um but yeah, the whole idea is that I think originally uh Fenrir the wolf and uh it's meant to be like a multi legged horse, so basically offsprings of, of um Loki. That's too weird for Marvel. <laughs> so, um, which is saying something. Um, so, yeah, they just basically made them um, related to either Surtur, the 
Underlord, Demon Lord, and um, Hela, the Goddess of Death. Ah, okay. They kind of rewrite stuff anyway. I mean, to be honest, it, it's fitting, isn't it? It's four. You know, they they yeah. take the concept of it. You got four. You have to have Odin. You have to have Loki as his brother, um, and then the rest you kind of fit around, which I thought was quite good. I did like the idea that there was a dark past to Asgard, though. Um, when she takes all yeah, the yeah, yeah, that was cool. And I it liked was the all fact those that they had that they had built Asgard by basically enslaving the nine realms, and I was like, holy shit! Because Odin was supposed to be like, you know, the warrior of warriors, um, but when you see him, he's an old man. That's like quite fatherly and kingly and portly. <laughs> yeah, there's so much going on in this movie. I, you know, it's reminded me now. Yeah, this that's the thing. This is why I had a slight issue with it, because I almost felt there were two films going on. There was almost like you know, the four in the scrap heap and the the planet with Jeff Goldblum and the ma what was his name? The Master Controller or something like that. I can't oh, remember. Oh, the Grandmaster. The Grandmaster, yeah. That almost felt like an entirely that You were about to meet the Grandmaster. <laughs> and he was like, Oh yes, no. Oh. Um Yes, yeah, I, I, you're excused to nothingness. <laughs> <laughs> With but, the um, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory music. God, yeah. That, Sorry, felt, like a, but that, music. that felt like a completely different film. Um, it yeah. felt like I was watching two films at the same time. It's almost like I'd binged a double bill back to back. Um, it was almost like that was like an intermediary film on its own. And then when he got back to Asgard, it was like the finale. So in a sense, there were almost like four films and these were stitched together in a sense. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the writing credits. There's three writers on it, all of which are steeped in uh, previous Marvel uh, mm. credits. Um, but then again, like you the, know, I mean, anyone that says, oh, God, uh, get better writers, Marvel comics are great. I've read some Marvel comics where I've kind of left a, a comic thinking, what? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, exactly. No, but I, I, I thought, thought it was, was really good. It's almost like uh, it's like the inverse of Civil War in a way, because Civil War was, at the end of the day, quite a serious film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, yeah, what really was like so? It's almost like a totally yeah. It's the flip the of the polar coin, opposite, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then this is like the B side, the crazy, wacky B side with all of the other characters that you didn't yeah. see in Civil War. Basically, I think, it's like I think, meanwhile I think, in space. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was. I think that was my only my only issue with the film, which isn't really an issue, is more just a personal personal slight preference, which isn't any sort of slight on the film at all because like I said I thought it was a great film I thought it was a lot of fun and you know I left the cinema feeling yeah the moment Immigrant Song kicked in by Led Zeppelin I was bouncing in my seat and going yeah oh the way <laughs> that I, I, just, was... I just found that like Civil War if you put the three Captain America films together they kind of follow through the beats might be slightly different in one to another but they kind of follow through whereas I, I'm not sure how this would work in the four trilogy. Um, it just seems it feels it feels fantastic in the Marvel MCU, in the MCU. But as the third film in a trilogy, I think it's half right. But the craziness and the fun and the batshit insanity of it might just make it seem a little bit alien to the other two. 
um, which isn't a bad thing because I think it needed a bit of injecting, a bit of fun. Um, yeah. I love some of the lines from this dark world when, you know, in the first one when Loki was trying to get him through the secret passage and then, then, you know, they're freaking out completely and then one of those long boats and then he bounces through and then you just hear a voiceover go, Ta-da! <laughs> you know, there are, there are, all those quirky things are already in there and they should have amped them up. But I just don't know whether looking at just these three films as they are, the third one is like, okay, he's done a load of speed and this is what's happened. <laughs> but yeah, that, like I, guess. I said, that's, that's, that's my only, that's my only, if I had to put on a devil's advocate cap and look at the other side of the coin, that would be the only thing I would say. But I still thought it was a really fun film. Um, I want to see what they do next. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to seeing how all this clashes with all the tension and the the situation that Civil War ended in with, you know, half of them in prison and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it, quite a dark tone. Um, that and might be why they haven't gone to Earth then. Because if he turns up on Earth, they'll have to at least address some of that. Which might well, be why yeah. Earth was absent. Yeah, maybe. And um, as far as like the little teasers at the end... I'm pretty. I'm guessing that's Thanos turning up because yeah. Loki pocketed the Tesseract, right? Yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? It's got to be. Why else would he bother? <laughs> yeah, he's after those stones. <laughs> so yeah, he'll be coming. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, what happened to the Mind Stone? Isn't that on Earth? Uh, the Mind. What's the Mind Stone? You, I know you said that um, Doctor Strange didn't have it. But no, uh, the, uh, what is it? The Mind Stone, or is that the? Oh, God, the time time stone. Time sorry. Stone. Yeah, no, he does have it, but I reckon it's back in the because they actually I didn't know this. The, I might have to look again because you no, know, they they do appear in that little sort of like I don't know mystic hallway where the stone usually sat, but you don't get a good look at the room because you now they what, keep in, jumping around. In Asgard, at one point, it, I'm sure in Asgard. No, not Asgard. Um, in the Doctor Strange world, you know, he's got the other... Yeah, I know there was the jump. little spot where it was, but you don't see that in Thor. No, that's what I mean. You don't you don't get a good enough look at the room. They buzz into the room at one point, and you just see, like, a couple of angles, but you don't get a good shot of the room. So it could have been in there. Um, but Maybe they were lending it out. It, I thought it was pretty cool, because Maybe he's not they... dependent on that. No, well, it's a special item, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Anyway, anyway. yeah, yeah, that'll do it, I think. This has been a Not Watching Podcast in partnership with notlistening.co.uk where you can also hear myself, Marcus and Ian talk about video games and virtual reality on the Not Playing Podcast and Adam, Ash and Will talk about all manner of funny things on the Not Listening Podcast. You can email us at notwatchingpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at or follow us on Twitter at notwatchingpod. You can find the show notes for this show at notlistening.co.uk and if you're listening to us on iTunes then please do give us a review. Anyway, that's all for now. Thanks for listening. See ya. Yeah.